Who are these guys? Well, uh, remember the tiny aliens I told you about? Oh. You heard of the Dream Team? Well, we're the Mean Team, Wussy Man. Wussy Man. Wussy Man? Uh, we're the Monstars. M-O-N... Let's see what you got. Everybody. Welcome to Frankenstein's Podcast, where it's all about the monster. We are a creature feature podcast about monsters and why we love them. I am Joe Prasco, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Khalid Hussein. What's going on, Khalid Hussein? Not a mucho. I, uh, just hanging out, had a nice relaxing weekend, and uh, we, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to mix it up and start talking monsters with you. Love talking monsters. I love it so much. Yeah, what's new with you? Uh, not a whole lot, you know, like, uh, well, actually one big thing is I just shaved my beard off. That was kind of a big deal. Oh yeah. How did the kids react to it? Uh, well, my four year old, four and a half year old, she was, uh, very taken aback by it. She liked it. She, she knew it was happening. So she was excited, but like, basically like one of her first questions is like, when is it coming back? (laughs) Yeah. And, and then, uh, I had like all this, like, like, I, I like professionally, like a straight razor, which was a really kind of a cool experience, like professional shave. But I just kept thinking of Sweeney Todd, which I think that was a bad call on my part. So I was a little like, ah. I always think um, of like old timey gangsters when they yeah, get Yeah, that's better. I think that's better because they don't like eat you, you know, but. Right. But you you also run the risk of getting like shot at the barber. That's, fair. That's fair. also, that's, I think that's what I'm thinking of is yeah. like movies where the mobster's getting like a straight razor shave and then all of a sudden just like gunfire. When a, a straight razor shave happens in a movie, like, I don't know, 75% of the time, somebody's about to die. Yeah, it's definitely an, an omen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so like I got the professional shave. So like all the product and stuff was on. And so I like smelled really interesting. She's like, you smell like berries. Uh, but the next day, uh, my daughter came to me and she said, oh, you smell like daddy again. I'm like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> sweet, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you need to get a clear answer from her on whether or not daddy smells better or worse than berries. I, I kind of didn't want to prod that. I was I would just want to let it be sweet <laughs> you're, in you're my head. To, you're afraid to yeah, go. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, it's a big change. My face is cold. I mean, I'm in you know, Minnesota, right? Like it's still winter, but that's something I'm getting used to. Yeah, that's I, – I don't know, man. Like I've only shaved like fully in like – the last 12 years, maybe three times and every time I've hated it. So you're yeah. a braver man than me. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, so it's been a little while since our last episode. I feel like, you know, like January and February are kind of, uh, kind of slower months for podcasting, at least for us. I think we're busy and it's harder to do it, but, uh, I do, I do feel like we're getting in a track. I, I, I mentioned to you off air, Khalid, that I have a couple cool guests lined up. So I think we're going to be back to our consistent release schedule moving forward in the spring and the summer here. So I'm pretty excited about that. But I want to apologize to our listeners that we've been a little bit off if you've been looking for updated FP episodes. Our, our, our loyal Friendensteins. <laughs> Friendensteins? Friendensteins. Steins. Steins. Um, <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Everyone knows that February and January are mulligan months, you know? Yeah, all, yeah I think that's still, fair. We're all still trying to figure things out, how we move, how to make said moves. And like deciding what new year, new me, that whole like philosophy, like how what's that going to look like? Yeah, exactly. Like you can say new me, but like it's going to take a few weeks, at least eight to to figure out what that new me looks like. Yeah. Also during that time, I came to LA, visited you. You did. You did. You finally tried Korean barbecue. Uh, I th- also threw it up. <laughs> yeah. In a parking lot. Uh, where, where, where were we at? Uh, what, what town I, were we in? Burbank? No, we were. I, think <laughs> I don't we know were, things. We were in Koreatown. No, it was later. It was the next day. Oh, when you oh when you puked? Yeah. We were in Los Feliz. Oh, Los Feliz. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah what, it was, we what were right Burbank? behind the Los Feliz 3. What oh, yeah. is Burbank? It's a town, yeah. Joe. No, it wasn't Burbank. The no, Los Feliz Three. That place was sweet. Yeah, I like that it, place. It was. It was great. Um, yeah, you you puked outside of it. I did, and it wasn't even like a cool puke, like like a partied hard puke. It was just like a my <laughs> gastrointestinal. Is that, is that a cool puke? 
I mean, I don't know. It's cooler to be like, oh, I did something cool beforehand. But no, I just had a, <laughs> have a weak stomach. I don't, know. I don't know if it's much cooler that you get like drunk to the point of throwing up at a like matinee movie. Yeah, it was noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it was fun. It was fun to see it. Fun, fun to be out there. Fun to feel some warmth a little bit. It was good to have you, man. It was a great weekend. Yeah. yeah. And now we're back in our respective homes and uh, chatting remotely again. As is the law. We're not actually allowed to live in the same state. So, yeah. Um, hold on, Khalid. I, uh, I, have a, I, have to, I have to run and grab a uh, cosmically themed sandwich. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put some peanut butter on it. And you know what goes good with my cosmically themed peanut butter ch- sandwich, Khalid? Oh, some space jam. <sighs> I'm not. It took me that long to figure out where this is going. Um, yeah. Oh, I love I love this one. That was a, I, I made that one up. That no, wasn't show, even an Internet just one. Real quick. What else besides the jam is cosmic about it? I just really want to. I just I really want to make sure I understand. Like, is it just the jam? Uh, it helps make it more cosmic. Yeah. OK. All right. Asked and answered. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about? <laughs> Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going on. Because we're talking about Space Jam, Joe. The nice. 1996 Joe Pitka film. And I've got a little synopsis from our homeboy Google that goes a little something like this. Swackhammer, an evil alien theme park owner, needs a new attraction at Moron Mountain. When his gang, the Nerd Lux, head to Earth to kidnap Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes, Bugs challenges them to a basketball game to determine their fate. The aliens agree, but they steal the powers of NBA basketball players, including Larry Bird and Charles Barkley, so Bugs gets some help from superstar Michael Jordan! That's it. What a monster. They're creatures of the abstract that live off potential energy. It's alive! All right. That was exciting. That was exciting. That was a really long description for what I feel like um, is a movie that doesn't warrant it. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, There's a lot going on in that one. Uh, I I did notice, though, they mentioned Larry Bird. He didn't get his powers taken. He was just there. Yeah, uh, I didn't catch it as I was reading it, but you're right. This... uh, our homeboy Google like really let us down on this detail, which again didn't even need the detail. It could have yeah. just been uh, aliens challenge the Looney Tunes to basketball, and they get Michael Jordan to help. Like that could yeah. have been it, like that simple. But like they chose to go the extra mile and fumbled it, which is more embarrassing. Yeah. So the it, I just looked it up. The five who have their talent actually stolen are indeed Charles Barkley is one of them. Larry Johnson, Tyrone Bogues, all, a.k.a. Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Muggsy. Ewing and Sean Bradley are the five that get their talent stolen. So there is. So they must have mixed them up with the other Larry. Larry Johnson, you said? Yeah. Larry Bird's in the movie, though. He, he plays. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what I'm saying is they mixed Larry Bird up with the other Larry that's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But we corrected it because we are a, a thorough podcast that does our research. Yeah. It's funny. I always skip over like the parenthetical uh, actor names that they put in here. Yeah. But for Larry Bird and Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan, even though that is just their actual names, they still put <laughs> their names in parentheticals after it. So it's like, including Great. Larry Bird, Larry Bird, and Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> kind of love it. Kind of love it. Yeah, just a just a fun little detail for you. All right. So getting into the movie, I wanted to point out I watched this with my daughter, who's I mentioned already is four years old. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a very interesting experience. And ultimately she really liked it. She's a big fan of the Space Jam song now. That's that's very evident and she's on her playlist. She sings it all the time. But one thing that was interesting to me is, and I don't know if this is common everywhere, but I have other friends with kids around the similar age and have similar uh, experiences, the Looney Tunes in general are just not as much in the zeitgeist for at least that age group right now. I mean, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. It was, like, ba- I, it was barely in ours. I, but uh, yeah, I think Space Jam really catapulted it there. But like, yeah, like the context of what the Looney Tunes were were really confusing for her because she watched like 
you know, Disney stuff growing up. She watches other cartoons. And there's just a different vibe, like that Three Stooges-esque humor isn't really as much around in a lot of the cartoons that kids are watching. Vaudevillian. Thank you, Khalid. It's not really there. And so, like, she was kind of confused, like, why they were, like, attacking each other sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are they are incredibly violent and mean to each other. They are, but yeah. she did end up enjoying it. She enjoyed. She really liked Bugs. Uh, it, I think Lola Bunny was her favorite character, though overall. I mean, Lola. This is this is Lola's movie to, mm-hmm. to her movies, debut. You know, like honestly, the the impact she made on our on on a whole generation of moviegoers when that when that dropped. I just it, it's and then you rewatch it and you're like, oh, she's in like maybe four scenes yeah like she shows up like way past is it like the halfway point or past it and then in that same scene she has the whole flirty thing with bugs and then he calls her a girl and she gets mad a doll or a doll and she gets mad and then there's like one or two plays in the game maybe like it's wild how much of an impression she makes with not that much stage time yeah yeah, no, I absolutely agree. She she steals a show and it and it's evident. Yeah. Um I did write down a few of my daughter's questions throughout the movie. There's a lot of them, but I wrote down a few highlights that just kind of made me chuckle a little bit as we watched. And I thought I would read them to you, Khalid. I'm so excited for this. So uh I first had to explain to her who Michael Jordan was, um, which makes sense. But so she was she knew who Michael Jordan was going into the movie. I explained it previously, but right away. Uh, when we first see um, kid version Michael Jordan and then adult Michael Jordan, her first question was, is Michael Jordan going to be a teacher? Which <laughs> I think cute because I think she, I'm a teacher. So she's like, oh, he grew up. So now he's a teacher. Maybe that was where it's coming from. I'm not sure. But that's where she, that's her first question in the movie. Then we see then we go to Moron Mountain and we see uh, Danny DeVito's character, the alien boss. And her question there is. Swackhammer. Swackhammer. Her question was, is that the grandpa? <laughs> Wait, Michael Jordan's grandpa? I don't know. Just the grandpa. So I was like, oh. Huh. Yeah, the grandpa. Um, then we meet the the little uh, little alien creatures, right? Yeah, the she nerd says, books. She says, is that little red alien that talks the cutest? Is that one the baby one? <laughs> he might be the baby one. I like I like that one, the cute I little lo- one. I know. She t- kept calling out one the cute one. Yeah, and then he eventually uh, he gets Muggsy's power, right? Yeah, yeah, he was perfect for that. Yeah, and then he uh, he spells out half of Monstar. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was very uh, very jarred when they the aliens because she thought they were very funny and very cute, and then they got monstery, and she was very. Uh, she actually told me she's like, I don't know if I want to watch this now. <laughs> wow! But she quickly recovered and was into it. But like, at that first is she was a like, very scary part. Yeah, it's a scary. They... I was like surprised how scary that part got. No, I always, I've always, re- like, I forgot. Like that part's always stuck with me with like how dark it gets and like the transformation of it all, which is so cool. It's really cool, and like she, yeah, she was like a little like intense about it in the moment, but I think she ultimately liked it because she enjoyed. uh the, the basketball game overall and like the rest of the movie, of course. But yeah, that moment she was like, ah, what? <laughs> she also, uh, and I, I feel like she might've been trolling me at this point. Cause I told her it was not the case, but every time Elmer Fudd came on screen, she said, there's the baby. <laughs> so Elmer Fudd's a baby to her. Uh, and my favorite quote, I think, um, and I bet you'll know which scene this is from Khalid. She said, I want an umbrella hat. Oh my God. Yes. My niece. Oh, yes. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was happy that she was excited about that as I was when I was a kid. I love the umbrella hat sequences. Dude, the umbrella hat is, <laughs> I love it. It's, 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 it's an immortal, uh, like, uh, fashion piece. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. no, there's no era where it would look dumb or bad. It just uh-huh. always is like snazzy. So if anyone's listening who haven't seen the movie in a while, we're talk we're referring to Bill Murray wearing this umbrella hat while golfing with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Wayne Knight, who plays Stan. Which hell of a foursome. I know, yeah, Wayne, I know a, Wayne Knight isn't actually crew. playing, but like that's still like a day on the links with those four. Oh. Right? Yeah. If if yeah. if that if the if that green could talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I actually feel like 
so I really enjoyed. I, I'm just to say I enjoyed this movie. I th- when I was a kid, this was one that I would like put the VHS on. I would be like hopping around watching it. It would end. I would rewind it. I would go get a snack and I would watch it again. Like I watched this movie over and over again as a kid. My parents were so sick of it, but I loved it. So yes, I love this movie. But I want to say like even not maybe when I was a kid, but now as an adult, like the golfing sequences are sequences so funny. Like has some of my favorite lines. All the real world stuff gets better and better. It's so much, so much more as, interesting. as you get older. Cause like, it's like, that was like the stuff for the adults. I, I feel like it, and it works really well. Like, and I'm amused the whole, like, okay. So I just got to say when Michael Jordan gets pulled down to the, in the, in the, in the hole. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they all just kind of sit and stare for a moment. <laughs> and Bill Murray's <laughs> first line is what kind of camera is that? <laughs> Don't point that at me. Throws <laughs> it in the woods. <laughs> it's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> and then uh, what was it like when they finally cut back to them after being in Toon World for a little bit? And uh, yeah. <laughs> what is, is it? Is he, he's like, oh yeah, uh, Michael. Michael would have wanted us to have a, a, a <laughs> mulligan on this hole. Like, yeah, they're, they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is it? we can't. Yeah, it's like we can't. We can't be expected to, to play the rest of this hole. Yeah. I'm, he said, I'm going to give us both twos for that one. We couldn't exactly. be expected to putt. <laughs> exactly. And then they just continue on with their golf game. Like Michael so Jordan literally got kidnapped in front of them. So that's an amazing joke. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, cool. I, I just I got to echo a lot of your sentiments here, man. Like this. I wore this tape out as a kid. I it was my religion for a good two years. Um I just remember my like just feverish fandom of it. And it wasn't just me. It was like, you'd go to school and you remember pogs, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Like the, the space jam pogs, like that was for me, the, the cream of the crop. Like I know there were other kinds and like ones that people were more into, but like if I could get all the monsters as pogs and like a few of the Looney Tunes, like I was set. Yeah. And, and that really is, it's just a testament to like this movie that let's be honest, it shouldn't work. Um, I'm not the first person to say it. Like this is a really long commercial for like Air Jordans and Looney Tunes. Nike. Yeah, like it's a Nike slash Warner Brothers commercial, and I they barely try to to hide it. You know, like the plot itself makes little sense. Um, <laughs> Michael Jordan is giving like if if he gives a hundred and ten percent. Uh, on the court, he gives negative that at acting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'm even hurting his feelings when I say that. Like, from everything I understand about this movie, like, he really just like was like, okay, I got to do like one movie because people won't shut up about it. But I, I want to do something that's like so low effort that I can just practice basketball for most of the time, which he did. He famously like negotiated that they build a basketball court, like a functioning basketball court on the Warner brothers lot. So that in between scenes, he could go practice. And it's like, yeah, this has been such a low effort job for him. Like I, I legit like counted how many times he talks in that scene when he first gets sent to uh, tune world, you know? And uh, basically like the whole point of that scene is like, a lot of heavy lifting. Like they have to explain what's happening to them. He has to reject it at first because he doesn't play basketball anymore. And then the, the monsters show up and like they pick on him and Tweety bird and shit. And eventually like, that's what convinces him to like play. Right. Yeah. In any other movie, like that much stuff happening and the protagonist having to like make choices and re- do all these things. Like that's like a lot of dialogue it's less than 20 words he says dude <laughs> like it's literally just like bugs or somebody will just like have like a five minute like comedy bit or something where they're also dumping exposition and then they'll cut to him and he'll just be like i don't play basketball anymore <laughs> and there's a good bit a good chunk there where he's not even like he's just turned into cg a cgi ball for a while like remember that yeah and it's like, like he's just get, not even there and i don't even think it's fair to say that he was a bad actor so much as like he basically forecasted what a lot of like major motion pictures are now, which is like, how the hell can you act against nothing? Even though like, that's what yeah. you, like you're going to later on, like impose all these things like via computers. 
And that does nothing for me in the moment. And when you, when you factor into that, that it's a person that never acts like I, it's a, it's a miracle. They got anything out of him is all I'm saying. Yeah. And I have a lot about the, the production behind the scenes when we get to like monster stuff, but it's, it's fascinating to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, outside of that, like, I just, I think the thing that like, there, cause you know, there are all these like movies and stuff like that, that you see as a kid and like, you just like love it so much and you will cherish it forever, but you go back and watch it and it's just like not the same. And I just, I don't know. I think what really sets this movie apart and makes it still fun to watch from time to time as an adult is the fact that like they weren't being very, like they weren't treating it gingerly. They weren't being like very careful about like constructing a story. It very much was a slapdash thing that like the internal logic of the universe collapses like every two seconds and it doesn't even matter because they're already on to the next thing. And that is just like a way more fascinating thing to like go back and keep watching and trying to like this time around, all I could think and like not to get all cinema sins about it, but I was just like, how do the Looney Tunes work in relation to anything else? Like, just I, I try like there were so many points where like I thought I understood it and then I didn't, you know, um, the, the big thing is like, um, why are they a secret? You know what I mean? And are they and are they a secret? Like, like they sneak through the night to get to Michael's house to get the shoes, but then the kids find them and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And then later on, you find out that, um, the, the, the show is, is, is it like a national, it's like, Ge- it's like a national geographic thing then. Right. You know what I mean? Where like, you'd like, just like put a camera out there and just see what like a shark did. Like that's what they did for the Looney Tunes. Is that We're just movie? watching them live, like doing that. Cause that's what they happen when they like all call for the meeting. When the aliens show up, they like, just, they like the, the TV and just stop. Just like, right? And it's, it's just, just like, how does it work? And like, they yeah. make all these like funny, like insider jokes, like uh, Bill uh, Murray's agent, like knows how to get into tune world and stuff like that. But oh, like, yeah. produces a friend of mine. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, is it a secret? And if so, why? Like they never, and I love that they never bother to explain it. Like, it's not like something where like, Oh, if the government finds out that Porky Pig's real, like, no, it's just a funny little joke where like they, they let some people know who they are and other people just assume they're cartoon characters. And it's stuff like that, that really just gives this lasting power where it like borderline at times feels almost like an adult swim thing. Yeah. It's yeah. No, I mean like, any other movie that we're doing the podcast, I would try to like reach for a reasoning, but I just don't want to, you know, there because like, there's no way there's a satisfying reasoning to it. No, it would be worse. It's too hollow and like cynical at its core to like, try to pull anything from it. But it's like, I feel like just by accident, they made something just like really genuinely like entertaining to parse. Yeah. It's just, it's just super fun. And ridiculous but it's so fun it got mixed reviews when it came out so not everybody loved it but like i think all of us who just grew up with it it's just always going to be special in our hearts if i watch this as an adult like for the first time i would also be like mixed on it i think so yeah no like i really think you just you gotta you gotta start them young you know like (laughs) get them at like five or six watching space jam let them like absorb the hell out of it and then give it like 10 years and let them come back to it and like just really blow their minds. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was, we already talked some of our favorite lines, but, uh, there's a line that I thought was interesting and I I looked into the history of it. So there's a, a line where Daffy duck says something like, let's be the ducks. And then, and bug says, what kind of Mickey mouse organization would name their team? The ducks, right? (laughs) Disney. And there's actually history to it. So there's a lot of connections here to, to Roger rabbit who framed Roger rabbit, right? Similar like technology and style of mixing live action with animation. Mm -hmm. Apparently. So in, in Roger rabbit, like bugs, bunny and Mickey mouse, like are together in a in a sequence. And WB and Disney had a deal where they could like basically WB lent out, the one of the Looney Tunes characters for that movie. And the idea was Disney would do it the same down the road. And they asked in the production of space jam to use some of the Disney characters. And Disney was like, no. So that's why there's like that. And like other jabs at Disney throughout the movie, like directly. <laughs> that is pretty lame of them. 
yeah. that they reneged basically. But also, again, happy accident. Cause like I don't think that this movie needed it. You know? Nope, I agree. I think it would have been weird. The the fact that it is exclusively Looney Tunes, like because I think you would just it would just be Roger Rabbit again. Whereas yeah. this feels like wholly specific to the Looney Tunes and all the better for it. You know, right. I agree. Yeah, it's like it's uh, yeah, I would have gotten too it would have gotten too muddied. I think it would have been and the tones would have been off, you know, like I don't it wouldn't have worked. I don't think. Yeah, um, I will say, though, um, I I I really love Swackhammer this time around. Yeah. And it, I think there's something so funny about the entire like prop, like the entire plot of the movie is kicked off because one child didn't like an amusement park. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's just got like his heavily surveilled amusement park and he's like watching it on like the matrix style wall of TVs. Mm. And he zooms in on one kid who is not having fun. And he's just like, don't bring me here anymore. All right. And that's good impression. Yeah, thank you. And that's enough for this man to kidnap a planet's worth of cartoon characters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Because he wants all the tunes, right? I think so. Yeah, he wants them. Yeah, he wants them all to perform. So they all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which bring makes me wonder, though, like the ref is Marvin Martian. Like he's not impartial. He's like, right. He's a Looney Tune. He would be connect with them. But also he's a really bad ref. <laughs> like he gets, they get away with a lot. They're all either really bad or really good, depending on what the scene calls for. Absolutely. You know? Like depending the stakes on the scene. are <laughs> the stakes are non-existent if you really think about it. It's one alien that sure runs an amusement park and has like little aliens that have guns and stuff, but like the the tunes are gods. You know? <laughs> like they've all been like maimed and burned and whatever over and over again so like what are they actually like go to war with him what is he gonna do like (laughs) you have actual aliens on your team already like (laughs) so it really just feels like a it's it's such a nothing of a plot but so fun and watching them like take it seriously i guess it absolutely agreed um do you know how this movie kind of came to be um no so the whole thing was based on two nike super bowl ads from 92 and 93 that had michael jordan team up with bugs bunny um and actually with the success of those ads um wb was excited and started developing a movie in 93 you know what else happened in 1993 khalid the oklahoma city bombing yeah yes but michael jordan retired from basketball in 1993 Oh, so the movie was put on hold because they're like, well, I guess that's not going to work anymore. Uh, comes back to basketball in 95 movie starts to get in production again. And they actually take that whole detour into baseball, of course, as a plot point in the movie. Huh? Yeah. Fun fact. That's crazy. Also, the Oklahoma City bombing was in 95. So I was off. Oh, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's interesting. And honestly, again, for the better, like. I think that the one thing that he did that Michael Jordan did really well for his image was like allow people to make fun of the baseball stuff. Right. I think that that was like a perfect amount of humility that like one, it's a kid's movie. So like no one's asking him to like rake himself over the coals for this. But I think that like what you, what you're maybe missing in a charismatic like performance, you more than make up for by like folding in arguably one of the most like, fascinating points in like one of the most fascinating athletes careers into the movie as a plot. Um, and I also like it for him because he can kind of just be like, look, I would have stayed with baseball, but like the, the cartoons needed me. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great arc. Yeah. I could have been better, but again, the cartoons needed me. Yeah. You can't say no to the cartoons. Yeah. How could you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also want to give a shout out to the beginning. That's one of my all time favorite movie beginnings. Is Kid Michael. Kid Michael uh, out yeah. there on the gravel court with the with the uh, chain link uh, netting on the on the on the hoop, and yep. the little quick conversation with his dad, where I guess they're coming up with like his like twenty five year plan for some <laughs> yeah. reason, going to college, and then what? Yeah, 
Yeah, and it, <laughs> it's so funny that he like laid it out so exactly. He was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to become a pro bit basketball player. And then when I've kind of cemented my legacy, I'll give baseball a shot. Like <laughs> all of that on what seems like just like a run of the mill night. It's not like the first time you picked up a basketball. It's not like some like epiphany or anything. It sounds like he's just been like really soberly like considering all of this. And I'm just like, you're you're 10 man just chill mm-hmm. but yeah but I love, scene, I love it anyways because like outside of that because like it's just like such a nice like intimate moment and then when he goes and he's like uh he's like all right you can keep going until you miss and then he finally is just like i'm not missing i'm going for a dunk and he jumps or whatever and then that super sweet montage set to the uh space jam song and it's just like such a great entertaining way to like, if you somehow don't know who Michael Jordan is, we will give you two and a half minutes of the greatest song you've ever heard as we just, as we fill you in on the deeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And it, it's, it's yeah. just how cool, how, like how great he was at like for the sport. Like it's watching it now, rewatching that whole sequence, the beginning into the montage. Like I just got chills. I was like, this is so exciting. Yeah, it's it it really yeah chills is the word for it. Like it really just like there's an epicness to it that like it didn't need to be that epic, you know. And it's like we have the Space Jam sequel to look at for like how the many ways it could have gone wrong, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I just and I I mean like I I I'm thankful for the Space Jam sequel because now when I'm watching the original Space Jam, I'm just like, oh well, thank God Michael Jordan's kids weren't a bigger part of this. Like that would have sucked. Because that's yeah. what that's what they did with the sequel. Did you see the yeah. sequel? Yes, I was going to get into it in a moment. Actually, um, yes, I, I I wanted to say that there was. I wanted to get into. I have like a, a couple like ideas that they were trying to produce as a sequel before ultimately the 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 recent one. What was it called a new legacy? Uh, Space Jam Legacy or whatever it's or is called. It, new, is it a new legacy? I don't. I think it's called a new legacy. Space Jam. Yeah, it is a new legacy. Yeah. That's such a terrible name. Yeah, it's dumb. What they, legacy? It's. I don't know. It's a they, silly movie. After the first one came out in 96, there was like a producer who started like the ball, get the ball rolling for like Space Jam 2. And the gifts just, just kept saying like, yeah, Michael Jordan's on board. Yeah, we're going to do it. So <laughs> they had this whole like script worked out and they were going to have Mel Brooks voice the villain, um, and like another cartoon alien villain. And they were planning it. And then they were like, somebody's like, do we actually reach out to Michael? And, and Michael Jordan was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. And so like that whole that completely fell through. Yeah, why would he? Right. No, exactly. But it's just funny that like somebody was like, yeah, he's on board. Like didn't actually talk to him, you know? Didn't they also have like other Looney Tunes sports based ideas? Like they want to do like a Tony Hawk one. They did. The other one that I had uh, that I thought was interesting is is right after Jordan decided they they realized Jordan wasn't coming back. They uh, had plans to get a Jackie Chan one where it would be instead of a instead of a sports, it'd be more of like a spy thriller. That sounds terrible. Yeah, but that's just one way they went with it. But ultimately, they came to uh, New Legacy with LeBron now, which what are your thoughts on that one? What are what are your like, I kind of got a glimpse of it. But what do you think of it? I think it's just it's it's misunderstanding what, if anything, worked about the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been saying it like the original only works as like an accident conceptually. Like there's no parts of it that don't feel cynical on their own, but somehow like enough people put enough care into the whole of it that it works. And I feel like space jam, a new legacy, like misunderstood that the fact that it like worked when it shouldn't as like, Oh, this is like a time immemorial like story that uh, will be like retold a million ways throughout time and history. And like, if we're going to follow it up, we gotta, we gotta really like lean into the, the legendary feel of it all. And it's like, that's not it at all, man. Like it's gotta be something goofy and dumb. Like, and then, then they, and then they went like way too heady and like meta about it where it's like, uh, Warner brothers is pitching LeBron James on like making him a digital like movie star where they'll put him in a bunch. It's the 30 rock joke where they would take old clips of Seinfeld and like computer generate him into new shows. You know that joke? Yeah. Yeah. It's that joke. But like they're sincerely pitching it to LeBron James. And like that to me is already just like starting on the wrong foot. But then like 
the thing about like tying it into like his kid and shit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, why does it make more sense to just like threaten a bunch of cartoons with slavery and make that the stakes? I think it's just because it's already like such a cartoonish basis that like you kind of are open to buying it as opposed to something like this uh, Space Jam Legacy or whatever, where it's like an algorithm gained like sentience and it's like Skynet, but really it's just bratty and it's going to keep LeBron James because he's like a huge IP or something. I don't know. Like that's just too inside baseball on like a bunch of levels that does not ap- appeal to kids, which should be the priority. Mm-hmm. The fact yeah. that that wasn't the priority really boned it. Right. Absolutely. And like, like you were saying, like the fir- the original one, like doesn't make any sense, but that's like a charm of it. And uh, it's like the, the original, it's like an advertisement for WB and Nike. The sequel is an advertisement for everything that WB has. Like it was, you're right. It's too oh, meta. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, it, it was taking that, but it was like, it was just, it was not doing it in a funny or fun way. It was like, it was, it was like, oh, it was trying to, it was trying to like have it both ways. Like we're going to advertise for ourselves, but it's going to be funny and ironic that we're doing it this way. Like there was no irony in the, in the advertisement, in the original. And that's, that's why it's kind of funny now, you know? Right. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, and and then then you've got like that weird thing of like the the Clockwork Orange gang being yeah. in the audience. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> why? Why do you do that? <laughs> but my thing is like if they can be in the audience, why can't they just be on the team? Like I would get like uh Michael Clark Duncan's character from the Green Mile or something <laughs> to like be my like center. What do yeah. you do? <laughs> Why did you only have Looney Tunes on the team if you have access to the entire WB like bank? Right? Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I'm I'm saying all that like we're gonna somehow fix that terrible movie in this I conversation, know. and we're not. the The point is that whatever worked for Space Jam, I think, also made it so that any kind of sequel would have been impossible. Like, I don't think that anything could have lived up to it because that would imply that they did a lot of this on purpose when it feels like it was very much just like uh cash fuel accidents. Yeah, no, I agree. They did do, uh, I don't necessarily know if you call this a sequel to space jam, but they did that Looney tunes back in action with Brendan Fraser. Do you ever watch that? I saw like once as a kid and I barely remembered it. I, there are, there are people that will like stand by that being a, a like a pretty good movie. So I think I, I, I don't remember much of it, but maybe it'd be worth another shot. Uh, any listeners who are uh, any listeners who are back in action fans, will you add us with your thoughts? <laughs> hit, us, hit us with the with the Looney Tunes back in action takes. Yeah, at Franken Podcast, uh, Mel Franken Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, that, yeah, that's just an aside there. But uh, should we? Uh, we've talked a lot about the Looney Tunes and the and the goofiness of this movie. Should we talk about the monsters? Can we please talk about the? Oh. We will talk about the monsters as soon as I tell you my actual favorite part as an adult watching this. It's the existential drama of the basketball players getting their powers taken. Oh, yes. I'm glad you mentioned it. Thank you. Thank you. The the monster bit. I mean, it it ties in with the monsters. It's a good segue to it. So, yes, go into it. But, like, I love that so much. Like, it's... It's just, like, every once in a while, you just cut to, like, these adults that are just, like, reckoning with, like, something that can take specifically what makes you a good basketball player and having to make sense of that. And like they, they treat it so earnestly and it's so endearing, you know, like when Charles Barkley is <laughs> just like moping around a basketball court and then that team of like girls like asks him to play and yes. they're immediately <laughs> disgusted by his lack of skills. And uh, it's just, it's so great. And then like the therapy sessions and the psychic and yes. the, the way they're all in like hospital gowns, like walking around, getting like tested. It's, it's such a fun part that again, the sequel just did not have anything like that in it. And nope. it, it suffered a lot for it. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like I thought those parts were bo- kind of boring, but now I love that. Oh my God. Basketball Jones. I love yeah. that song. Yeah. Now. Yes, that was great. It's such a funny, goofy song. And <laughs> it just just mopey Charles Barkley as basketball Jones. Basketball Jones. It's oh it, that that's gonna like I will never forget that. I will forget like loved ones' names before I forget the basketball Jones song. 
it's seared into our memories True. as it should be as it should be <laughs> as it should be but yeah i just wanted to give a special shout out to all those basketball players and and even just that subplot like being treated the way it was like you know like especially post pandemic this idea of like a lockout because they don't know what's going on and um the, the very now real thing of like basketball players trying to weigh in on like medical discourse and God, uh, yeah, that's like they yeah. don't they don't necessarily sound the brightest on the subject. So it's it's a it, it, it felt very close to home. It really did. And yeah, then when they refused to go in the locker room, because like we don't know what's in there and all that. And then they like shut down the whole NBA. Well, they, no, they, they agreed not to. For some reason, they think that whatever stole the other powers happened in the uh locker room only so they 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 compromise with the coach and just change in the hallways that's at first but then the commissioner shuts down the league later on which honestly again like that's a very like thought out thing there where it's like actually yeah that makes sense and then and it's super smart how they tie that into the stakes for michael where he is like oh you're the reason my friends don't have power like basketball skills anymore okay I, if you give me their powers back, I will, or if you bet me for their powers, I will bet like literally my, the rights to my life to you. Uh-huh. And like, I will go into slavery for you, but only if I lose, if I win, you give my friends their powers back. And it's like such a nice, neat uh, dovetailing of the storylines. Agreed. Agreed. I also like how you like interchange between basketball skills and basketball powers. <laughs> Well, some of them have skills, some of them have powers. And if, yeah. you don't, if you don't know the difference, you're just not a real basketballer. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, now we can monster. Now we can monster. All right. So the monsters in question, Khalid, in this film, uh, we first got to point out Mr. Uh, Swackhammer, main antagonist, Danny, Danny DeVito's character. He's the evil alien owner of the intergalactic amusement park by the name of Moron Mountain. Is it uh, on the moon? Like uh, our, our I, moon? No, I think it's, it's supposed to be like another place. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, it's not clear with that opening montage there, how they get there. But it's not, I don't think it's our moon. Um, anyway, he yeah, we know from what we talked about, he seeks to enslave the Looney Tunes in order to attract more customers. Uh, he was actually originally meant to be a live action villain, but they switched to a cartoon in production to save time. That's weird. How does... Yeah. Oh, I guess like uh, shooting him around cartoons is harder than just shoot, write, uh, drawing another cartoon. Yeah. That makes sense. But anyway, then we have the little aliens, the Nerdlux, who ultimately become the Monstars. Uh, the Nerdlux are kind of small, I guess you could say like insectoid-like aliens with different colored skins. Um, they're like three fingers, lizardy noses, and they have different bow ties. There's, um, and they're, I think they're kind of cute. They're kind of adorable. They have um, no legs either. It's just feet. Just feet. Yeah. yeah. But the red ones, the red one's the cutest. I agree with the red one is so cute. Yeah. Um, but when they, uh, when they ultimately, uh, steal the skills of the, the powers of the five basketball players, we mentioned in the beginning, um, they turn into the monsters. They become these giant monsters kind of like reflecting the different players whose talent they stole um, and kind of resembling him in the process. So uh, they, they, when they grow, they become like monstery. They get like these black jerseys with zero on it and uh, deep voices, but they look kind of badass though. My favorite of the big ones is the dumb blue one. I love the blue one too. Cause he's like genuinely nice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> he's too, he's too dumb to be evil, but like yeah. he's still scary. Yeah, like he's just like like with Tweety, he's like, "Hey, little bird!" Like it was just to be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I love yeah. I love him so much. It goes I him and then too. the little one, and the little red the one. Yeah, are, the middle ones are just mean. Yeah, they're kind of forgettable, but the orange one kind of reminds me of like Cartman from <laughs> South Park. I kind of I kind of see that. Yeah, he's like the, when he's, he's small the, j- the jiggly butt, right? Yeah, when he gets pants. Yeah, like the little version of him too, kind of like he's like the larger one and kind of the meaner one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get those vibes. The the game itself was like, what, like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, if that? It's short. I thought it was so much more. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it bears bears repeating. It's been said before, but uh, it's called Space Jam. Whole game takes place on Earth, literally under the Earth, as far from space (laughs) as you could get. Good point. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Something to be said about that. So, uh, so the, the movie, like we talked about, it's animated and it's both animation 
2D, 3D animation, and live action. So like the animated segments uh, were produced through Warner Brothers. They're co-directed by a guy, uh, Bruce Smith and Tony Cervone. And the animation producer is Ron Tipp. So uh, a lot of the like hand-drawn stuff was kind of under their their wad their eye and the team of artists that was working at WB at the time. I tried to find who like specifically designed the monsters or the creatures, the monster elements, but I think it was just it just all kind of like this team effort it seemed like I couldn't find anything like specific with that. But <coughs> excuse me. I did find some really interesting stuff about the VFX and how they like made it all happen. So um there's a cool article, and I'll post it in our show notes, uh, called Cinesite, um, which is the company that did a lot of the um, ultimately completed VFX work. So visual effects supervisor Ed Jones, who also earned an Academy Award for Roger Rabbit, worked on this movie. And the crew of, the crew of Cinesite, they completed the shots for Space Jam. Michael Jordan performed entire sequences within the confines of a green screen studio, which they later composited him against the animated and computer-generated backgrounds and foregrounds. So he was just in a green room performing like all of that, you know? Uh, can you put massive air quotes around performing? I, yes, uh, massive air quotes implied, yeah. but they actually had uh, actors who would wear all green like outfits to like interact with him to kind of help him a little bit. Oh, I bet he hated that. I'm sure he hated it. I don't know. <laughs> <I would> like <laughs> um, <coughs> the actual so this is a kind of interesting thing. The actual ball used in Space Jam was hand delivered to uh, Cinecite L.A., where for three days it was scanned into a computer. Every smudge and all that stuff was accounted for digitally at every angle possible. And the ball ball actually be- belonged to the director, who uh, considers a treasured possession that's touched the hand of several great players. But uh, that that ball they use so they kind of use the editing process, like in this in this whole thing, to kind of like allow it to like morph from like the physical ball that Michael Jordan was handling to like the animated ones that the the cartoon players were, were using. And also even some in some sense, Michael Jordan was using an animated one when it was more like crazy effects too. So that's it's kind of interesting to think like the the detail that they had to put into the animation, like scanning digitally scanning the ball to make it look like what it's supposed to look like. That's fascinating. Um, I thought so too. And the ball does look really good. Like to the point where until just now, when you mentioned it, I had never thought about what it meant for them to pass the ball between cartoon characters and real people. Yeah, it's a really cool like concept when you think about it. They had to probably really problem solve how that would work. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. They also had another company on set uh, called Vision Crew United, which I don't think is around anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's a kind of a cool article I found for them, um, and they were brought on board to create like just miniatures um, for the the movie because they uh, in some of the times where they would transition transition between CGI and animation and live action, like the spaceship, like that kind of like cool like retro blue and yellow spaceship that the aliens have, mm-hmm. that was actually a miniature for some of it. Oh. Yeah. So there's like a physical prop that they would use for certain because they'd like kind of have to make it transition from cartoon to live action. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Uh the other uh graphics that I was really impressed with was like the the animation they did on the humans whenever they would have to do animated stuff. Like Yeah. Obviously the turning Michael Jordan into a basketball one doesn't look as great anymore, but um Wayne Knight, when he's blown up like a balloon that and then flattened. Still, yeah that's still yeah. really really good well like the again like the transition there like you know you know it's a cgi bit when he's getting blown up like it looks cgi but like how kind of seamlessly he like falls and it's the real way knight that falls at the end there like that's really well done it's crazy how much these effects like hold up better than stuff that we see now or at least like we oh, yeah. have like less patience for now that could be true, yeah. It could be both a combination of those two things, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, does it look better, or do we just give it a pass in our minds? I don't know. Could be nostalgia. Could be, yeah. Could be all, a combination of all those things. I don't know. Hmm. Something yeah. to think about. Think about, yeah. Speaking of thinking about things, Khalid. Speaking of, uh, once in a while, bears are known to think about things. That they are, that they are, I I assume. And this is a segue to the four bears test. 
Okay, four bears test. For those of you who don't know, it's a thought experiment that kind of sounds like what the name is. Uh, basically, I ask what would happen if you replace the monsters in question with four bears? Would the story change or does it stay the same? And so for this one, four bears in place of the monsters. Well, you'd have to, they'd have to have a fifth bear, right? To be a basketball team? Yep. Okay, so this is a wow, this is an easy pass though, right? Because like they've established that like even if you have real bears in the Looney Tunes world, everything is susceptible to Looney Tunes law. Mm-hmm. So like the bears would just play basketball. And I think they would be equally as fearsome as the Monstars, but okay. Bears that have the same skill sets as the Monstars did, where like they stole the basketball skills from the real athletes. If they have access to that same basketball, then yeah, it's the same movie. It's a, okay. it's, a, it's a it's a pass. Yeah, because like it's not it's not that the nerd looks are like good at basketball or something. It's the thing they touched. So yeah. like, if you're replacing them with bears if anything like they'd be scarier uh i don't think that they would win because it's michael jordan and it's uh, <laughs> it's a movie for children but they'd put up just as much of a fight yeah and the tough part about it too is that like the, the looney tunes are already animals basically like i don't think there's a bear there but it's very like you, you could have a bear like on the looney tunes side like you got what you got skunk pig cat bull. coyote bull tasmanian devil uh, bunnies, of course, ducks, yeah. rooster, like the bear could be there like, and work just as well as everything else. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is like, it, yeah, there's very few things that you couldn't replace the nerd looks with and make sense of it, you know? Yeah. So just by, just by virtue of like well, the world that they're in- inhabiting. So we know Lola's the best player pretty much on the team other than Michael Jordan of the Looney Tunes. Who Bugs Bugs and Lola best players probably, right? Yeah. Who would you say is the next best player? Uh non-human? Yeah. Hmm, the next best player. Next Looney Tune player. Well, it's got to be it's got to be Roadrunner or Taz, right? They're, I was thinking they're, Taz. It's got to be Taz. Yeah, they're both just like crazy fast. Although Roadrunner's faster in a straight line, which is what basketball is like. Taz is probably going to go out of bounds a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. Was Road Roadrunner wasn't a starter though, was he? No, starting five, which is insane when you realize like Daffy was. Yeah, the starting five: Michael Jordan, Lola, Bugs, Daffy, Taz. So of the starting five, who's the best? Yeah, yeah Taz. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. I enjoyed that sequence too. That was another fairly fun sequence. That, when like, they're, when they're calling them all out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all laugh at the duck. <laughs> that was a good Daffy. That's my Daffy. Yeah. That yeah. was good. Lena or my daughter really enjoyed that too. She, uh, she, she cheered when they were being introduced. So that was uh, fun. So fun. Like just, it's so quiet. Like you can hear a yeah. pin drop when Daffy comes out. <laughs> oh my God. It's and so it's funny. Like, and I like that like there was like a human announcer, like car- or a cartoon human announcer, but he was asleep. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. that. What is it like? Uh, is that is that uh, the Speedy mo- Gonzalez? Mice. Is that Speedy Gonzalez? No, it's just I don't think it was. I don't think Speedy was anywhere in this movie. Mm, probably for the best. Yeah, but it was just one of the like random mice characters. Oh, uh, still fun. Uh, just yeah. another very funny bit. Oh yeah, another one. Speaking of mice, when Wayne Knight when Stan's waiting to get in the game, <laughs> the mouse. Pick the mouse instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stan, have you seen yourself, man? You get flustered so easy. Oh my god. Uh yeah, no, that's there's so many good lines. Circling back though, I want to say, speaking of being flustered, Khalid. Okay. <laughs> speaking Dude. of being flustered, would you fight or would you flirt with the monsters if they chose you as their uh uh what would i say here what should i say here what did i say hero (laughs) to potentially save them from slavery um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna fight them i don't know they're kind (laughs) of they're 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 spineless cowards like they and they're idiots they forgot that they were bigger yeah than than danny devito 
<laughs> yeah, they did. That's right. I would You're never, I, I would never forget that. I, for as long <laughs> as I've known who Danny DeVito was, I've had a pretty good sense of like how I stack up next to him. So yeah, um, fair. I think I've got them beat on like an intellectual level and physically again, it's, it's the Looney Tune world. We saw what they did to Stan. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're a little dazed for a bit, but then you bounce back because you're in a cartoon world. So and that's the point that Michael had to learn, right? Michael Jordan had to learn that you can do anything. Like it's the the arm stretch, right? Yeah, but more importantly than that, like I, I'm not going to date a basketball team. I'm not going to flirt with a basketball team. I, you could. I if anyone could, it's me. But yeah. like I know myself enough to know that my heart just isn't in it. For, for that many that many foes or players, however I want to look at them. Okay. Just, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a it's a straightforward fight, you know. I just I and I I, I grew up fighting them in my heart as yeah, a as a, a Toon Squad like yeah. fan. You know. So if if you were chosen as the he- the Looney Tune hero though, like what what would they be choosing you for? Like they choose Michael to play a basketball game. What would they choose you for? Oh, like if Bugs and them were like, oh, we need the best da 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 to beat him at that. Yeah, what would you be? Um, can I say like marathon like binge sessions? Because I could just I'd I'd mop the floor with them if we just had to like whoever taps out watching like Breaking Bad all the way through first. Just watching it all the way through. But do you nap? Do you fall asleep though? Hmm. First person to fall asleep basically is the thing. Maybe. I really like sleep. So yeah, you do like sleep. Okay, fine. I'm changing my answer. Um, it would be a ooh scattergories. Can't nobody touch me as scattergories, Joe. I would tear them apart. I would. I would have the Looney Tunes stay home. I would take take them on one, like one v five. Nice. All right. Yeah. Rolling Let's... the dice. Thinking of a bunch of words that start with that letter, that is my bread and butter, dude. So I I think we just wrote a better sequel than Space Jam New Legacy here. Yeah, Space Jam Scattergories. With Khalid. With <laughs> That's the that's the marquee that just like sells out every yep. theater. <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam categories with Khalid. Oh, I'm into it. What about you? Yes. What's your what's your uh hero moment that they call you for? Uh, what am yeah, what am I good at though? I don't know. <laughs> Are you asking me? Kind of. I'm asking you like just the general like world and the universe right oh. now. Like, you know, I don't know. What am I what do I do? I host a monster podcast. I guess like I could I could talk about but they are monsters, so that's hard for me. I can't challenge them and when monster knowledge is they're monsters. Being a monster doesn't mean you're knowledgeable about monsters. Fair. They only became monsters by stealing powers, so maybe I could beat them in a monster trivia sesh. Ooh, trivia. That'd be good. Like a like a bar trivia. You probably because they're not gonna know a lot of earth trivia. You know, honestly, if okay, if you it, Yes, I could I could do bar trivia. I'm not always winning bar trivia. I could probably win Star Trek trivia. I think if me and you put together a team for yeah. trivia against the Monstars, we would kill them. So categories or bar trivia would yeah. be what we could maybe succeed in. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this really quickly turned into like uh, we're not very good at many practical things. Oh, like the, not, we were good <laughs> at things, but like the best of the best. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a high. It's a high. Uh, high bar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and and I I've long since hung up my speed skating uniform, so I can't true. challenge him to that. That's true. Those days for you are are over. I can't go back, Joe. All right. <laughs> not, I'm not asking you to. I go well, good because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, well, that was fun. Are you convincing me or you? Uh, our audience, I think, who, who's okay. who's still here. Looking around, looking around, and they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully a few of them stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next se- next segment. Are you going to do a cool transition to the next segment? Yeah. Should we, uh, should we head into the final segment of the show? Let's do it. It's our uh, <clears throat> What the Fandom segment. 
Ow, ow. What the fandom, for those of you who are new to the podcast and some some for some reason decided to click on the Space Jam episode, um, is a segment in which we go around and just share one to two to possibly three things that we're really into. It's kind of a what you're watching, listening to, reading, what have you seg- uh, segment. We're just sharing some stuff that we're into at the moment. So, uh, um, Khalid, what's the fandom with you? Thanks for asking, Joe. My What the Fandom this week is going to be the new uh, movie that just dropped, directed by Elizabeth Banks, Cocaine Bear. Oh, you watched it? I did watch it. I watched it last Ooh. weekend. And, All right. And, um, yeah, it was it was fun. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's dumb. It's <laughs> But I feel like it's very in keeping with, like, the Space Jam of it all, where it's just, like, if you meet the movie at its level of, like, okay, it's not going to make you, like, have a newfound love for cinema. You're not going to walk away just like raving about one thing or the other in the movie. But like, yeah. once you kind of accept like the, the corny, like goofy premise of it all, it's a, it's a really enjoyable time, especially in the theater. Uh, I saw it with a uh, friend and Stein, Eric uh, and Eric and yeah. And our buddy Shay and yeah, we just like, we really just had a lot of like laugh out loud moments. It was awesome. Oh, that's all, that sounds like fun. Yeah. So if you just want to watch a dumb, goofy movie about a bear on cocaine, like you, you could, you could do a lot worse than Cocaine Bear. <laughs> all right. So that's a, that's a good recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. And Joe, <clears throat> what the fandom with you? Oh, thank you, Khalid. Only one for you this week, huh? Uh, yeah. Just shut up, Joe. <laughs> shut up. Um. All right. Here's mine. I don't. I haven't been really doing anything like new cutting edge like you Khalid lately uh um cutting we, edge yeah cutting edge you're watching the new stuff um <laughs> uh honestly so like one of the shows that's on there's a show that's been on my list for a while to watch that I haven't gotten around to watching I recently went to Hulu found out it's only going to be on Hulu for about nine more days as of this recording so I was like I got to get on it that show is people of earth Khalid have you seen it Oh, yeah. I just did a rewatch a few months ago. Oh, yeah. People of Earth starring Wyatt Cenic, Anna Gasteyer. Good. A lot of, lot of recognizable comedians. It's this, uh, it's this two-season-long kind of like sitcom about a journalist who has an alien abduction experience and like joins like the support group for aliens, uh, alien abductees, and is kind of like first like unsure of it, kind of still like on the edge of like whether or not he believes it or not. But there, a lot of weird stuff happens, and it's very funny. Very twisty and I think very clever. We're only like halfway through season one right now, but I, I'm really enjoying it. It's got this fun like vibe um, to me as somebody who really loved like the 90s science fiction space opera shows and stuff where there's like all the people wearing like just rubber mask prosthetics right all over the place. Like I love that vibe. And this show isn't necessarily a space opera by any means, but it's got that vibe because we see like you know the weird aliens, the reptilians, the greys and all that have fun like prosthetics that would fit right in in some of those 90s shows. So it it scratches a really fun itch for me. And it just it's it's kind of like a comedy it, it feels like the type of comedy shows that I tend to like, and uh, it's like right up my alley. So I would recommend giving a shot. I don't know if you can binge those two seasons in the in like what when this drops, probably eight more days left. It's on Hulu, but hopefully it will be on someplace else. I think it was TBS it aired on, right? Yeah, so it might be going to HBO. That was my thought. Maybe it's going to pop into HBO. So hopefully it's somewhere, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get through as much as we can before it uh, before it ends. But I would highly recommend it. I'm really enjoying it so far. If you're a sci-fi fan, a comedy fan, uh, it's kind of a high concept comedy. So, but but give it a look. I have a second fandom this week too, Khalid. Ooh, yeah. look at I'm go- Joe. I'm going too. So I uh, I'm just wrapping up a book, a fantasy book that I'm finishing. It's the first in a series uh, of fantasy novels from author David Farland, who passed away just this last year, 2022. But uh, the book's called The Rune Lords, and it's part of the Rune Lords series. And it's, it's. I'm not. I don't love it, but I'm inter- The concept is really fascinating to me. the The idea is it's this fantasy world, in which there's these ancient runes uh, that you can put onto yourself and somebody else. And if you do that, you basically take something from that person. The magic allows you to take like something like wit or strength or stamina. And so these Rune Lords, or what they're called, have like taken. Uh, various characteristics and traits from all sorts of people in their kingdom and like are super powerful because of it. So they're basically like super fast, super strong, super like smart. Uh, and then, but like 
there's other elements to it that like playing to the like they kind of look at the physics of it the interesting bits is when it starts to actually like kind of interrogate like what that means for like a class system you know like there's a part where like a like a war is about to break out and so like people are lining up rather than to join the army they're they're lining up to just give their strength and their stamina to the knights and to the king so that they can better defend it's it's just a really interesting like commentary on like how like people like kind of you know their body is dedicated to like a war and it shows that from a different standpoint so i thought that was a really interesting concept to play around with that being said it's kind of like caked within like a just a relatively generic fantasy plot about like a dark lord trying to get power um but i just think the concept was so interesting is kind of what engaged me within it so it's it's called the rune lords by uh david farland and there's a whole series of them so if that sounds interesting to you uh check it out it's a it's it's at least worth read a read of the first one i'd say nice those are some great uh what the phantom racks i'm sorry did i cut you off do you have six more joe uh, I'm good, Khalid. Thank you. All right. So yeah, you have a bunch of recommendations, mostly from Joe, plus one, one from me because I'm I'm a much more reserved host. You're the chill uh, one. Yeah. So Rune Lords, uh, People of Earth, and Cocaine Bear. Those are our what the fandoms this kind week. Kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's par for the course with us. Yeah, that's the uh, fun of it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Frankenstein's podcast. Until next time, creep it easy. Creep it easy.